Welcome to the Decom After Dark Podcast. I am your host, Kevin, and I'm here once again with my great co-host, Lindsay. Lindsay, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm pretty excited today because we're going to be touching on a movie that is very interesting. Um, I guess it was a book first, but it's called Avalon High. Yep. It was, you know, decent. (laughs) (laughs) Well, today, luckily, we have a guest to talk about it with us. We have our good friend, Jen. Hey, Jen. How's it going, guys? (laughs) Good. Hey. So, Jen, this is your first time watching one of the this Disney Channel original movie, right? Yes, correct. Uh, I've never seen it before, never heard of it, watched it, liked it. Okay, okay, perfect, perfect. All right. So, as always, we're going to get into the movie and we're going to talk about what's going on and who does what. Let's start off with the uh, the cast. Um, I I didn't necessarily love. The cast, but we'll go through who they are. Oh, okay. I love one particular cast member. Greg Sulkin. <laughs> How did you guess? <laughs> Lindsay has a type. So I figured <laughs> that was right. So he is a little young for me, but you uh-huh. know, still within the legal, you know, it wouldn't be too weird. Oh, true. Okay, so first off we have Britt Robertson playing Allie Pennington. Um we also have Greg Sulkin playing Wool Wagner. We have Joey Pilari playing Miles. Devin Gray playing Marco. Molly Quinn playing Jen. Christopher Tavares playing Lance. And then Steve Valentine playing Mr. Moore. Um, there's other people in here, but they're not as important. I mean, like Don Lake as her dad and Ingrid Park as her mom, but they're just like characters yeah i don't even think i know their character names uh it says here on the wikipedia mr pennington and mrs pennington uh, yeah, i was gonna say mom, <laughs> and, mom dad, and dad i'm not sure yeah, yeah. Mom, mom and dad, dad. <laughs> so Britt robertson okay so she was in um some movies like the space between us and a dog's purpose hmm. and uh tomorrowland those are movies she has been in also she's, in Little Fires Everywhere. Oh, she's in that show right now? Mm-hmm, yeah. I, as okay. soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, that is her. Yep. Okay. And I know that she was also in one of my favorite shows, Casual, which is a um, Hulu original show. She's in she Casual? She had a couple roles. She's in Casual, yeah. She plays Fallon. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm i a big fan of Casual. Me Very too. good. I like that show. Right, it's, it's underrated. She, um, Fallon is a uh, Jordan's assistant that he had. I have to put that on my watch list. Yeah, casual. It's on, it's on Hulu, but uh, it's a great show. It's it's already over, but it it was great. Anyway, going back to <laughs> to, to Brit. So uh, she she was good, but I I didn't I didn't love her. It wasn't my favorite casting for this role. No. I get that they were trying to go for a strong female lead, and she mm-hmm. is an actress that is a good, strong female lead. I just didn't like didn't like it in this film. Yeah, I agree. 
there I were agree. some parts that were like hard to watch with her, but yeah. then there were some parts where I was like, oh, that, that she did a good job there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there I was, feel like it was hit or miss. There was a lot of there was a lot of things that like Miles would say, and she would they would write her to repeat it, but I felt like it wasn't. I, I, I didn't feel like I was getting anything different when she said it than when he said it, <laughs> 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 which was weird. Um, we had Greg Sulkin. Yes. Greg Sulkin's been in a lot of Disney stuff. Yes. Uh, he's like <laughs> a staple. Like, uh, you know, in all these movies, especially in the 2010s, we find the 20, the 2000s and the 2010s, we find characters that are in most of them. Like my my girl, Brenda Song. You got that with uh, Greg Sulkin recently. He was in the, was he in the Wizards of the Waverly Place movie? He was not, but he was, a you know, the love interest in the TV show. Who was yeah, a he werewolf? Played a, he played a werewolf in that. Um, he's also been in, as you see, Avalon High. He was on, um, I remember watching him on Melissa and Joey back in the day. I've been uh, currently watching him in Marvel's Runaways. Yes, he's in Runaways. He plays Chase Stein. Yep. He's he's pretty good in that. Uh, he was in Young and Hungry. There was a few things that Greg Sulkin was in that I recognize him from. So it was good to see him in this Disney movie. I think this Disney movie, looking here at his uh, Wikipedia, at his IMDb, I think this Disney movie was his first Disney thing. Oh, well, he did a pretty good job of that. Yeah, this is... This is, and then they liked him a lot and kept him around, looks like. I did, too. I'm glad that they kept him around. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, what were your thoughts on Greg? I thought he was pretty good. I mean, compared to some of these other characters we're going to get into, I thought he was uh, more of one of the decent ones. Okay. Some of his facial reactions to me, it was like, okay. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and they just get that weird look at the, Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Anything. I agree. I feel like his um, character kind of blew, but yeah, but that's not his. Him fault. as an actor was great. And he was fine. He did a Next very good up, job portraying his douchey, not douchey, but tool? douchey, not douchey, toolness. Yes, when yes. he was like, "I am the the captain of the football team, quarterback. I am the school president. I am all the things." I was like, Ugh. "I I see that. That's what they wrote for you." Yes. And running the Miles's defense when yeah, he was when his brother beat was beating him up, yeah, yeah. Okay. all that. Speaking of Miles, that that guy's played by Joey Pilari. Um, I had never heard of this guy's name before, but I guess he was in Love Simon. Yeah, and... so he plays Lyle in Love Simon. I have not seen that yet, though. Yeah, he plays Lyle in Love Simon. He was apparently in American Crime season two. He doesn't have a lot of acting credits, but uh, he might be on the up and coming. Even though this movie came out ten years ago, he might do, he might do a lot of theater. Looks like I don't really have much to say about him. What about you, Lens? Nope. Okay. <laughs> on to Devin Gray, who plays Marco. Um, I don't recognize this dude from anybody, but I guess he was in The Flash. Anybody watch that? Yeah, no. I don't remember seeing him. He does have a typical like villain face. He does have it, doesn't he? Yeah. Did yes, you? He does. I felt the same thing. I was like, okay, this is dude's the bad dude, but he can't be the bad dude because it's pretty obvious that he's the bad dude. So I don't think he's the bad dude. That's kind of how I felt about it. 
Just well, I mean, he face. just acted like he was just so angry and like this, the way, I mean, it makes sense that he was staring at her because he, he must, I mean, I don't know, but I don't know. We'll get into that. We'll later, get into that. But, yeah. yeah. But I don't oh. know. He just, I, I, he was not one of my, he was not, he was my least favorite. I'm with that. Uh, we have Molly Quinn playing Jen. Uh, nothing to note. I, I feel like with her, she had like a bit part. Um, we had Christopher. I don't, we got more. Jeez, there's Christopher, <laughs> Christopher Tavares was in there. He was the dude that played Lance. And then last person I want to talk about is Steve Valentine, who plays uh, Mr. Moore. Um, he was in Crossing Jordan. He's been in acting for a very long time. I I, I thought that. He was very interestingly done in this movie. And we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. All right. Let's jump into the movie. Let's talk about it. Lindsay, tell us about this movie. All right. So our movie opens up and we've got some medieval knights on horses and they're charging against their foes on a beach. Mm-hmm. Our main character is leading the pack on this white horse. The scene cuts the clash and our medieval main character is lying on her back in the sand. It now, jumps. Go ahead. When, when, when it opened and we saw the beach and the horse, I, I, I was like, what is this that I'm watching? Because <laughs> even though it was quick, it, it didn't seem like the start of any other Disney movie we have watched or reviewed. <laughs> No, it, I mean, it was legit, too, running down the beach. That was real footage. So, obviously, yeah. it wasn't the actress, but it at least looked close enough. It wasn't like a Johnny Tsunami thing where <laughs> it was some, you know. Very obviously not them person. Correct. They did a good job <laughs> filming this particular scene. Right. They do use the scene over and over again, so I guess it was worth it for them to do that. <laughs> we got to get our money's worth. Yes. Got to get our money's worth. Multiple times. <laughs> but as she's lying on the back on her back in the sand, it cuts to current day, and the main character is lying on her bedroom floor, and clearly she's fallen out of bed. Mm-hmm. So we just find out that she moved into a new home and they're unpacking and she's looking through a brochure for Avalon High. I'm actually a little surprised that a high school has a brochure. I was too. But in this brochure, there's a flyer for track tryouts, and she just crumples it up, throws it away, and says, like, what's the point? Which is really interesting. I don't think that most, if they even have brochures, I don't know that how many of them would have their extracurriculars just listed for you to (laughs) see. Jen, did you have a brochure for your high school? Not that I can remember. I mean, it was a long time ago, but no, I just remember, I mean, not that I had. I mean, it was announced and there were like a, like a poster hanging up, but nothing that I like got at my house. <laughs> <laughs> so her family's unpacking and we learned that the parents, mom and dad, are professors of medieval literature and they are hoarder status when it comes to medieval books. Mm -hmm. And Allie complains that 
who was our character, that they talk about King Arthur so much that she's starting to have realistic dreams about him and his knights of the round table. And through all this unpacking and conversation with her parents, she actually learns that they're going to be staying in this new town for at least three years. And it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like they had been moving on like a six month basis. So there's a backstory in which she has no friends and moves all the time and she's upset about it, but it really doesn't come into play whatsoever. No, not at all. She says, I might as well just name myself new girl, but then she gets to school and she's immediately accepted. And it's the end of, that's it. (laughs) That's the end of the thing. I think that so they played that yeah. out, though, is because they she wasn't going to try out for track. And then because she was staying is the reason why she looked at that track flyer. Yeah, it's true. Like, that's why she said there was, like, no point because she didn't think she would be there. But now she's like, oh, I get to stay. Yeah, which is outside like, of cool. that, I, don't, I agree. It had no other place. <laughs> right. And I think we could have just done... We just moved here, and oh, I have to make new friends. And failed to mention that she moved a bunch of times before that. But yeah, that part was irrelevant. Absolutely not part of the story. But the parents say that they're staying in this place because it's special. And they have this like weird look on their face when they say it. And to celebrate her new long term residence, she goes, she goes to, on a long jog. She, she goes for a run. <laughs> Um, she's gotta get ready for those tryouts. Yes. Well, so I didn't realize she. So she mentions the tryout thing, and then I have here that uh, they go on a. She goes on a random jog after that. She's like stoked and says, "All right, I'll see you guys later." And then goes on a five mile run. I've never been so excited that I decided to run five miles, but apparently that's how Allie rolls. So I also don't really know much about track or form for running, but she oh. runs weird. Oh she my doesn't God. run weird. She sure so, okay. does. You guys noticed that too? Her <laughs> running her running form is trash. Trash. And there's no way later on in the in the movie she like almost breaks the school record in tryouts when she had a late start. There's no way with that form is she doing that. No. Okay. I thought maybe I just don't know how runners are supposed to run. I was like, well, maybe that's the correct form and I've been running wrong my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> But well, I also liked her outfit choice for tryouts as well. Sweatpants that fell down <laughs> yeah. and then a tank top, very short. And... We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> so on her run, we have our romantic interest meet. She runs mm-hmm. for the water fountain at the same exact time that my boy Greg runs for the water fountain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they just like stare at each other in shock. And then he, like, lets her go first and then sits there and watches her drink water. Yep. <laughs> Before Which is he takes his turn and she watches yep. him drink water. Yep. And while this is all happening, she has a flashback of her taking a goblet of water from a waterfall and handing it to our who we're going to find as our character, Will. Yeah. Played by Greg. But she don't know this dude. She don't know this boy. But all of a sudden, she has this vision of her handing him some water. I was like, come on, girl. We we five minutes in this movie. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Already. 
she gets completely awkward and just blows him off and runs away. And she goes a couple of feet and then stops and then looks back and he's gone. Mm-hmm. It's a weird, weird interaction altogether. Yep. But we cut to school and it's, it's fall. It's definitely fall. Um, well, it's the beginning of school. So with it being fall, I already thought it was weird for her to be t- talking about track because track is usually ran in the spring. But I said, okay, we'll go with it. If anything, she's doing cross country. And with that form, maybe, but she's talking about track, so whatever. And then we're talking about football, so it has to be form. It has to be a fall for them to be talking about football. Yep. Um, I thought she was – I kind of got the gist she was starting in the middle of the school year, or at least after what school it had already like. started. So maybe it's only a couple weeks in. I'm not exactly sure, but – it's, well, it looks like they were towards the end of the football season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's probably like November, December. Interesting. Which would make sense because there's all those leaves, too. Yeah. Okay. And everyone seems to, like, be pretty familiar with each other, even though they become, I mean, the school is extremely a familiar school. They become real familiar with her real quick. But whatever, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> So we're at school and Allie walks in and the camera basically catches these two male students having an interaction and the camera just Mm kind of leaves following Allie to go watch this interaction. And Marco is bullying Miles and he's trying to take his locker. We see, yeah, we see some, some, some bully beating up some kid. And we don't know who he is, but Miles is, is, ends up being Miles and Marco. And uh, Miles ends up having a bunch of smart remarks that are pretty yeah, witty. He's verbally standing up for himself, but it doesn't really matter because he's getting overpowered by strength. Yeah. And that's when... <laughs> Physical strength over verbal words. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Allie's just kind of watching this interaction, but our knight in shining letterman jacket appears mm-hmm. out of the light of stained glass windows and comes to the aid of Miles. Mm-hmm. Very dramatic. It was. Yep. Um, Miles thanks Will, and then that's when we learn that Marco and Will are stepbrothers. Yep. Plot thickens. Yes. Uh, Will doesn't seem pleased by this, but probably you know. Marco's a jerk. Yeah. Marco then threatens uh, Miles on his way out, and then uh, Will catches eyes with Allie. Right? So as soon as they lock eyes, she takes off again, and he chases her down. And she makes the most awkward introduction. And I thought the water thing was awkward. But she, <laughs> like, stumbling over her words, like, can't even spit her name out. And he that's when we learned that he's the quarterback. And she was, like, weirdly trying to compliment him right when Jen comes up. And kisses mm-hmm. him on the cheek. Mm-hmm. So does that count on our kiss count? No, it's got to be on the list. Okay. Okay. So Allie's face goes to complete shock and disappointment. So this is when I learned that she was into him. I thought maybe she was just awkward with people. Oh, I thought she was into him the moment he drank water. 
I agree with that. <laughs> the moment he drank water. I, I called like, that. I said that uh, love interest. There you right go. There. They're, <laughs> right. they're, they're together right there. They're going to end up. Yep. But I just think it was weird that she can completely interact with other people. And then this. Yeah. She can't talk she to him. Do. But they introduce her to. So introduce her to Jen. Introduces her to Lance, which is Bill's. Will, uh, Will's best Will's. friend. Mm-hmm. And. Just in so case I, you missed this, Jen, Gwen. Yeah, okay, beer. that's what I was about to say. I said, with knowing nothing, uh, I assumed that on the nose naming of Jen for Gwen, yep. Lance for Lancelot, and Will for maybe Arthur. Arthur, the nerd is probably Merlin. Marco's probably the bad guy from Arthurian times that I don't even know of. Yeah, I didn't so even know there is, was a bad guy. I didn't know either. So I was like, this is pretty heavy handed um, in terms of the naming. They and must then, think we're idiots. Like, historically, well, I knew this before, that Lance and Guinevere were together. So. Right, and I knew that too. So I see them, and then, like, Lance gives Gwen, gives Jen a, like, a knowing what's up when he walks up. And I was like, oh, they're screwing. Yeah. <laughs> I was very confused, because as they walk they're all holding each other in this like arm locking one cuddly <laughs> unit down the hallway and I was like wait yeah. are they in an open relationship <laughs> well remember though they've apparently been best friends since like first grade or something yeah yeah like yeah they've all been friends forever so I mean I guess that behavior I, I mean guess, we've been of... friends for a long time but we don't walk like that <laughs> well we I should feel like start. that should start yeah <laughs> we should start <laughs> I expect that next time you guys are in person together. I'm looking forward to it. Everybody is going to think that we're in an open relationship and we're going to have to explain that we're not. Well, none of us are dating. This is true. But we are all friends. We've just been friends forever. So um, they run off to history and that's when we meet our teacher. And the teacher, Mr. Moore, is just really talking up just he's the class president he's a straight a student he's the homecoming king this guy's the whole package mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it's kind of just overkill in my mind yeah yeah and then he introduces Allie, and she kind of snickers when she's handed the book yeah and the teacher tells uh the class that her parents wrote the textbook that they're going to be using this semester, which was on King Arthur and his court. I, I felt like it was great because he's like, oh, her parents wrote the book on Arthur, on, on King Arthur. And they're like, oh, and he's like, no, 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 this actual book, this one, this, this is the book that her parents wrote. <laughs> well, I also thought it was weird that they're spending an entire semester on King Arthur and his court. That's a lot of time. Is there not you- a lot of, is there not, I mean, well, okay. So I have a question about King Arthur in general, and I'm glad we have a teacher on here. I don't know if uh, Jen knows this specifically. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> but is, this is like legend, yeah? It's all legend. Or is, is there an actual I, King Arthur? I I don't know for sure. I mean, just from what I heard i i thought that there really was a king arthur based on stories that were passed along i'm not because i'm not really sure i don't know how much magic is actually out there in the 
in the world. But uh, well, I didn't mean Merlin. Right, but I right, right, right. More like the story of King Arthur. Knights of the Round Table. Blood. Yeah. I don't know either. Lindsay, do you know anything about this? I thought it was real, but I also I didn't think that they're back in the day. It's not all too com- uncommon to hear about them having seers or right legends and stuff like that, and yeah. and people that were had some kind of wizarding abilities. I mean, Julius Caesar was supposedly a real story, correct? And was he warned by somebody who could tell the future? But yeah, the 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 uh, witches. But I don't know if that part was real. I know that Caesar was a a Caesar, I'm a king. But I don't know if so he I actually had it up really quick. And uh-huh. King Arthur was a real person. Okay. Uh, a legendary British leader. So, okay. I mean, he's at least real. I don't know about the original story how much of that is real but he i'm assuming guinevere is is real then and lancelot at least probably Mm -hmm. was it because there was a movie with uh oh geez what's his name older very uh good looking older man was king arthur it was a knight's tale no no that's a very different movie that's kidding a kid in king arthur's court i don't know (laughs) I don't know. Now that I'm saying that, I'm like, I can picture I, it with Guinevere, the really the movie long was Arthur, wasn't it? Arthur. Oh, Arthur. And I think it was, was like Kira Knightley or Natalie Portman played Guinevere. I can't remember. Uh, okay. Like the same I do remember something like that. Yeah, they are like the same. I'm person. thinking even further back. Okay. Uh, we'll dig into that later. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, so we're all learning about King Arthur this time. So. Allie takes the empty desk next to Miles and introduces herself, and she remembers her name this time, so that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. She didn't and, have a crush on him. Correct. <laughs> and uh, Miles informs her that she's making a tactical error because she has a chance to be in with the popular crowd, but she's talking to him, who is not popular. <laughs> and she basically tells him she can be friends with whoever she wants. And he kind of blows her off, being like, well, what if I don't want to be your friend? Weird interaction, but they're clearly on the road to being friends. Yeah. They do a class project, and they start picking topics. So each of the students is paired off with... Well, they don't pick talk. Do they pick them, or are they assigned? Well, they pick them out of a hat. The, they pick, they the, pick topic. the topics out of a hat. Yeah, and then they're mm-hmm. next. They're assigned to next to whoever's next to them. Sorta, because Lance is actually sitting behind um, Will, yet he is paired with Jen. You guys notice that? No, it I did was not. strategic. <laughs> yeah, it was a strategic it, pairing. It definitely wasn't random. Yeah, yeah, he knew it. Mister Moore knew what he was doing. Right. So, did you want to go over the pairs or? Yeah. Okay. So the pairs are. Two people that are relevant, and then <laughs> he does uh, uh, Miles with Allie because they're sitting next to each other. Then he says that Will is paired with uh, the, the girl next to him, Karen. And then he's like, "Well, why can't I be paired with Jen? Because she's sitting on his left." And he's like, "Well, because Jen is paired with Lance." And then that's when I was like, "Wait a minute, they're not even sitting next to each other." <laughs> So 
Jen pulls the tragedy topic and the history teacher tells us about the love triangle between Arthur, Lancelot, and Guinevere and how it Mm. ultimately destroyed Camelot itself. Jen. That was pretty, uh, that was pretty coincidental. Right. Well, Jen gets the guiltiest look on her face and now Mm -hmm. it's definitely not an open relationship. Definitely an affair. So, no more interlocking arms. No more interlocking. No. Allie's partnered with Miles, and she picks the order of the bear. Allie. Now, okay, this is this is what I was thinking, right? So she picks the order of the bear. That's why I thought it was like a setup, right? Because she says, "I don't know nothing about the order of the bear," and her parents are Arthurian professing professors. They're writing books. Yeah, she's never heard of this super secret thing. And they talk about it so much that she's dreaming about it, but she's never heard of that. Yeah, she's never heard of this one thing. And then he's like, ask your parents about it. Which told me in that moment that Mr. Moore was a bad guy also, but I didn't know where he was in the bad guy scale with him and Marcos. Yeah, I assumed he wanted to know more about the Order of the Bear because I don't know why you would make a topic that only your parents could help you with. <laughs> correct, correct. And, and then just, it happens to give in to that one girl. What, right. what, if, what if um what if the first to, the first pair, the random people, what if they got Order of the Bear? Would he be take it out of their hands like, oh that was not for you. I'm sorry. That was <laughs> that was for later on. Here, you guys get um Lady of the Water. Here you go. Figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> so this whole thing, um Mark glaring at Allie from across the room in a creepy status. Mm-hmm. The and whole then time. Miles starts to have this migraine. It mm-hmm. looks like a migraine, except for there's some mystical sound effects in the background. So yep. <laughs> we just assume it's a vision. And the vision of, is of Allie tying her shoes on the racetrack. Yep. Allie asks if he's all right, and he says he's fine. And then tie, tie your and she's like, my shoes are tight. Hard. She's wearing like boots. <laughs> yeah, they made yeah. a point to show about. the boots. Yeah. And, and he... <laughs> he's like, well, tie your other shoes. And like completely cuts her off and just like, yeah. leave me alone. Leave and me alone, yeah. <laughs> she's just like super confused. And I, at this moment, would have started thinking I did make a tactical error in seats. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> F this dude. <laughs> After school, the football practice is going on, and they're the Knights, of course, because what other team mascot would you have? Mm-hmm, Avi. They take the field, and they're led by Will, and mm-hmm. he runs past Allie, who's doing high knees on the track for warm-up, and she notices her shoes are untied, so she stops and ties them, and then as she looks up to the stands, Miles was just sitting in the stands waiting for her to tie her shoe. And he gets up and leaves. Yep. yep. While she's Super... wearing her fun sweats and tank top option. <laughs> yes, right. yes, yes. Jen, you wanted to talk about um, what her workout attire, her, her tryout attire was? She, she's wearing sweatpants that are hiked <laughs> up to about her like mid-calf or whatever. And then she's wearing like, I mean, they're light gray. And then she's wearing like a yellow tank top, very tight, short, high school trying to run and then as she's running her sweatpants start kind of falling down i'm like 
I'm not a like a track person, but I, I run sometimes. And I mean, that's just not, I mean, why would you wear that? Especially so when you well, not just, especially <laughs> when you run funny. But on top of that, you're trying out for this team. No one knows you. No. I would think she would be in shorts, some short, some some nice shoes, and then have like you know a sports bra on and a shirt, maybe like a the PE shirt, maybe. Yeah, she did not have any of those things. <laughs> None of those things. <laughs> so with this terrible outfit and her getting distracted by the football players. That she had a vision of them as knights yeah, on the field. And so she's, she still ends up almost beating the school record for the fastest 400. <laughs> Ridiculous. And she immediately makes the varsity team despite all of these things. Everything that led up to this. Well, I'm not going to lie. Course- when, they said, when she said that, the coach, the, the facial reactions of the other girls, I was like, Oh, they're gonna like not like her, and there's gonna be some beef going on. Nope, nothing. Nope, nothing. <laughs> Actually, you're right. That doesn't have anything to do with anything. <laughs> nope. Is that that In she fact, can run fast whole, and she's the whole track? The whole track storyline is just a plot point for her to be out there when he's out there. Ah, good. Because the track thing never comes into play ever. Ugh. No, just well, they're running together. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. So after school, she tells her parents about her big win on the track. And um, the parents just make this really weird comment about, like, I think this is where we're meant to be. Mm -hmm. And Miles immediately shows up after school to work on the paper. They have three weeks to complete it. He's like, I like to get things done now. I like to get things done in half the time to show them I'm better than them. Right. So they keep going through all these books, but they don't find anything on the order of the bear. And Allie doesn't want to ask her parents. And she just does it anyway, basically. Yep. Well, she stubs her toe. She stubs her toe because uh, 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 I have Merlin here. Uh, Miles, he has another vision. And (laughs) asks for ice. Yeah, asks for ice, and then as he's going to get the ice, she goes to follow him, subs his toe, her toe, he brings back the ice and hands it to her, and says, that's for you and your toe. Which is, if you think about it, if he has that vision, he probably doesn't have to get up and go get the ice anyway. Because then she doesn't get up to follow him, so then she doesn't stub her toe. But that was that was just thinking about it logically. <laughs> yeah, well, didn't Allie say that she didn't want to ask her parents because then they'd never leave her alone about it? Yeah, they they basically mm-hmm. be up her butt about it, up her ass about it. But and, all apparently it takes is her stubbing her toe, and all of a sudden she's like, "Yeah, okay, I'll ask my parents." Fine, I'll do it. <laughs> Perfect so child. She <laughs> goes to ask the parents about the order of the bear, and Dad just kind of gives this like, "Why not?" shrug. And mom goes to this secret cabinet and, like, pulls out this shiny book that's hidden. The cabinet wasn't wasn't secret. It was a very open, plain in sight cabinet, but there was a secret door, which tells me this is really odd for you to have a secret door and a cabinet in your own home. Right. When Allie doesn't ever Uh, look at those books anyways. Never. Well, it gets a little weirder because that she just starts carrying that book around anyway. But um, she, mom explains that the Order of the Bear is an organization that believes King Arthur will one day be reincarnated. 
He is to return when he is truly needed to bring the world out of the dark and into the new age of enlightenment. Mm -hmm. Dad's like, pretty sure it's a metaphor. And mom's like, absolutely not a metaphor. (laughs) This is fact. King Arthur will be back. He's going to come back and be the guy. He was basically Jesus for her. And um, they say that the order's responsibility is to look for the Arthur of every generation to ensure that the reincarnation of Mortimer, who is Arthur's half or stepbrother, mm-hmm. doesn't destroy Arthur before he obtains knowledge of the prophecy and that he is king, which would effectively send them back to the Dark Ages. Right. Um, they say Dark Ages, ignorance, humiliation, suffering, and Miles jokes that that's high school. <laughs> Everybody laughs. The mom's like, this is not a laughing matter. Right. This is not jokes. No jokes up in this house. And But then, you know, dad turns around and makes a dad joke. It was yep. not even worth writing down. Um, so Allie, later that night, she awakens and she just decides to start reading the shiny book. Uh, lucky for us, the book has pictures. Yep. So we don't have to read it. And uh, the picture of Camelot happens to be the exact same design as the Avalon High building. Shocker. Right. Um, after history class, the teacher asks Allie if her parents told her about the Order of the Bear. Which, like, how how many teachers are asking about a project due in three weeks? So that's what that. makes me think there's something weird going on. On top of that, how many teachers are asking about a project when, and then you will just spill everything after your parents found the super secret book that was hidden in your cabinet and you just go, right? oh, let me tell you everything that was in this book that was hidden from everybody. It's a little weird. She mentions the book. She says, like, he makes comment like, oh, she's so lucky to be able to read the prophecy from the original source or yep. something like that. And, and she's um, like, you want to you want to see the book? Right. <laughs> Which I was like, what? Well, she's like, it's a little far fetched prophecy, and the teacher's like, basically reveals that he believes, and that he's a follower in this reincarnation prophecy. Yeah. And yeah, so she offers to bring the book. Which come on, like, just what? <laughs> the book is hidden, but in a she- in a thing in your parents' cabinet. And you're just telling everybody about it? But then she has to, like, everyone has to see the book. So, like, the cover <laughs> or, like, the the case, like, the, the white case that it's in isn't even covering uh-huh. the whole book. It's, like, halfway up. And then you can see the rest of the book on top. It's, like, if that's so – if it's so old and needs to be protected, like, cover it up. <laughs> um, cool. He turns – Turns her down, by the way, when she offers to bring it in. But but no, he, but he like he's like, oh no, no, don't. Oh, I you don't have to. No, I oh, couldn't. I just couldn't read that book. It's too. I'll probably damage the pages. <laughs> but I would love to know all about the book. <laughs> so we leave, uh, whatever, teacher Moore, Mister Moore, and um, Miles and Allie are walking towards the cafeteria and Marco is just glaring at them from a distance. And Allie catches a glimpse of Jen and Lance like secretly meeting in the stairwell. So once again, confirmed having an affair and Marco's doing some kind of weird stalker thing. But at school in public, 
and a public staircase when they're trying to hide it. Smart. Well, it gets better, as you know. Um, (laughs) After school, Allie goes for a run again. Again. And her hat blows off. And she chases it into like some shrubbery <laughs> and she finds Will reflecting under this tree and he's holding her hat. Because every and, high school uh, quarterback just sits and reflects on life. Right. <laughs> Digs deep. I mean, she did call him out for that and he got super offended that he couldn't have emotions and feelings. <laughs> um, so he says that it's fate that they met. And, of course, he starts spilling his soul immediately and confesses that he used to love football, but now there's too much pressure to succeed and to get a college scholarship. And out of nowhere, she gives him this, like, rousing speech about victory and wanting it with your whole heart. It was strange. Yep. And uh, as this is all going on, Jen calls Will and Will declines the call. And he just says, like, "Ah, don't ask why I didn't answer. And he's like, oh, do you want to go for a run some more? And she's like, oh, I would, but (laughs) we're having uh, burgers at home tonight. And she invites him for friend burgers. (laughs) Oh, my God, I was was dying laughing during that. I actually was, after watching this movie, I actually went and made some friend burgers because they sounded really nice. I'm just gonna but, call uh, everything friend this, friend that, <laughs> husband this, husband that. That's a good good way so that way you can distinguish what is for, for which person. Yeah, friend interlocking arms, you know. <laughs> Romantic interlocking arms. Yeah. Two different things. Oh, See totally. how that's different? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we go for our friend burgers and the parents are gushing over Will. Mom recites this poem about King Arthur and relates it to Will and the leadership of the football team. And it's just a little creepy because the parents seem to be really in to him. And so into him that when they afterwards, Will and Allie walk out of the house, but the parents follow them and like watch from the driveway as they say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um. And in his goodbye, he invites her over to the house party that he's going to be having. And Jen calls again. And that's when he's like, oh, I got to take this. And he, you know, they, he fucks off, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the parents immediately question her about like, oh, you just friends? Like, what's going on? What's going on? friend burger, mom and dad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and parents don't buy that they were friend burgers. So we get to the football game. And Will and Lance are an unstoppable duo. Go Knights. They win. Um... Will looks to the audience and, or to the stands and looks straight at Allie and mouths, thank you. And I'm assuming that thank you was for the rousing victory speech? Yeah, I think so too. So they head to the party afterwards and there's this really weird interaction with Marco where he places candy bugs on the food. Yeah. And it makes a like much bigger issue than it should have been. 
um, Will and Marco have this really close to close face argument, like nose almost touching about candy bugs. And then Marco's like, this party's lame anyway. Let's go, guys. And he has like seven dudes that are there with him. Right. Which is really but did you notice they were all wearing black? They were all wearing mm-hmm. dark colors, which is typically a sign of the bad, you know, the bad, bad the guy. bad guy, <laughs> which I'm very confused about at this point. So, but we'll get there. My notes actually say the black jackets leave for the Letterman's to enjoy the party. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Will goes and apologizes to Allie. Which is strange because Allie had nothing to do with the interaction and wasn't even outside for the bug incident. So oh, on top of that, um, the reason they even go into the party is because Miles sees uh, what I assume is the Lady of the Lake, um, some girl like in Chancher's girl. They go inside. She's the one that sees the bugs on the oh, food. Oh, I did not and make so, that connection. Like, I did not I was, think that that girl was important. I don't think she's really all that important. She like I think she would be if if you dig deeper. But she like entrances entrances him, and then he follows her, and they stare at each other again. And then she's the one that has the bugs. But instead of Will apologizing to her, he's like, "I'm so sorry you had to see that, Allie." <laughs> yeah, I thought that yeah. was funny, but no, I just thought that she was some girl that Miles was enthralled with. Which is the Lady of the Lake. Yeah, well, now it makes more right. sense. <laughs> well, I did not know who the Lady of the Lake was until I watched this movie. And then I had to Google who it was. Yeah, well, I'm Googling explain. it right now because I don't know who the Lady of the Lake is. <laughs> I, it's a comment later in the movie. And I was just like, what the hell is the Lady of the Lake? And it's really not of importance. <laughs> no, not. <laughs> Moving on. Marco's uh, uh, Miles has a vision, and he tells uh, he tells Will that he's going to be fine later, and that was the end of that. <laughs> yeah, Will goes off to find Jen, and Allie goes off to find a bathroom, uh-huh. and she opens the bedroom to see a crown and and from the book that she has. And then she has a vision of the crown being placed on a head in medieval times or olden times. Which is and, presumably King Arthur. Yep. She moves on to find the bathroom and she sees Jen and Lance holding hands at the mm-hmm. end of the hall. So once again, completely out in the open and in Will's house. Yeah. So like, that's it's Terrible just, at keeping the secret. Yeah. yeah. Not even trying. Not even trying. And they see Allie, and Allie just, like, makes a run for it. Books it. Jen comes hot on her trail. Right. And is begging her not to tell Will. And Allie relates the Camelot story to Will. No, sorry. Jen makes the the, the, uh, the correlation between the yeah. two, saying, like, the college scholarship, basically, it could destroy his chances and bring down everything if he finds out about the affair. Right. And, and Jen tells Allie to keep the secret so they can't destroy Will. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> you're doing this cheating and you're worried about someone else keeping your secret? <laughs> as yeah, they're doing it in the open. The one worried. As you're mm-hmm. doing it openly in his house. <laughs> and at school. <laughs> yes. 
So Allie just walks away and she wants to leave the party and she's going to leave the party. And Miles confronts her and is like, so you're going to tell Will? She's like, how do you know? He's like, <laughs> I just have a feeling. And they end up leaving. So the next day, she has another vision of the knights in the hallway as Will and some of the other players are walking down the hall. Towards her, and yeah. Will comes up to her and is like, basically asks about the early departure and Allie says, gotta go. And she well, <laughs> Jen and Lance are just standing behind him, just shaking their heads. No. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I wasn't feeling well, but I'm better now. Go. <laughs> Bye. Um, Allie brings the history of that, the book, the prophecy book over for the history teacher. And he goes through it in class while he has them all watch a movie Mm-hmm. And um, during the movie viewing, Jen, Lance, and Marco are all just staring at Allie. Yep. <laughs> Which must be really awkward for the new girl. Well, because Marco's used to Allie staring. Uh, Allie's used to Marco staring at her. That's that's nothing new. But <laughs> the other two, that's a new thing. But they her. had to awkwardly turn back to stare <laughs> yeah. at her. It's not like just Marco in class because he's in the back and she's like kind of like, uh, across the room <laughs> but, like it's easy for him just to turn his head and stare at her where these other two right. have to like fully turn around, turn around. <laughs> <laughs> as they're supposed to be watching a movie my question like, my question is why when will like looks to the left and he sees jen staring at her why he's not what are you looking at like <laughs> why isn't he he say to her what are you what are you oh are we, why are we looking at ali what's going on what's going on <laughs> well after class uh will tries to engage in conversation with Allie, and she completely blows him off gotta go by <laughs> he's just confused and marco confronts Allie right after that and he calls her out for knowing about the affair and threatens her yep if she says anything so now i'm really confused because that seems like a strange it's very counterintuitive to uh, him wanting to destroy his stepbrother's life but whatever right so after school, Will interrupts her run to confront yep. her about her being avoiding him all the time. He's like, oh, I gotta, I can't go, damn. And uh, he's pretty pleased with her random ass answer, and they go for a run together. And they flirt. And it's like, yep. oh, yeah. And the then they pick this really cute spot. What'd you say? They're bonding. They're bonding. They're, they're mm-hmm. flirting. And they're talking. In a tree. Well, he gives her flowers and they talk in the tree. Yeah. And he even helped her, you know, out of the tree, too. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's touching. She talks um, about how uh, how she's a big on fairness. And I was like, oh, she's going to tell him. She's going to tell him right now. But she doesn't. She doesn't. Um, and then they just kind of have a conversation about how they feel like they've known each other forever and they've been friends mm-hmm. before they met and yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. Um, so we jump to the next away game and it's against the Crusaders. I don't know if you caught that. I did. Yeah. I did. yeah. <laughs> Their next opponent's the Dragons. So yeah, not with it. Uh, well, Miles has another vision and Lance is so distracted by Jen that he yeah, leaves makes... Will completely unprotected and Misses he gets sacked. Yep. I believe he Fumbles goes, that's going to hurt. Yeah. And <laughs> that's, that's what like, Miles said. <laughs> yeah, Miles said that after his vision. And then Allie's like, what are you talking about? Or like, what? And then it happened. Yep. Yep. 
the opposing team recovers the fumble for a touchdown and the team, mm-hmm. they, they lose the game because of it. Strip sack for a touchdown. Uh, Lance goes crazy. He's yelling at everybody, even though he had his eyes on his girlfriend and not on the ball and on the play to make the block. That's, I mean, that's his fault. Right. He was upset at himself as well. But Allie and Will are actually the last on the field. And Will's kind of questioning, like, did Lance do that on purpose? But are they the last ones on the field? Nope. No. You turn around and there's my guy Marco staring her down once Coming again. Coming in oh. for the cock block. <laughs> and Will is just basically tells him to go away. But he's like, no, give me a ride home. <laughs> and Will leaves and he's like, oh, we'll talk later. And Marco makes this lip sealed motion at her before he walks away in totally creepy fashion. <laughs> um, and we get back, she's back at home and Miles shows up saying that she needs help. Mm-hmm. And she, that's when she's like, how do you know something's going to happen? She just lists everything. Rattles them all off. And he gets super upset when she uses the word psychic. The P word. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to be different. I'm already a nerd. Like, I'm already unpopular. Like, don't call me psychic. And she basically gives him this speech about it's our differences that make us great. Yeah. And uh, that's when he, <laughs> he confesses that he... Right. leader. <laughs> Um, he tells her she's he's always seen these flashes of the future, but they're getting stronger. And every time he gets them, it feels like being hit with a brick. Mm-hmm. And she asked why he's here. And he said, we had a, I had a vision of us reading the book. And it has a secret page. Now, I don't really know how a secret page will work. Is it just pages that are stuck together? And if they're stuck together, how do you not realize when you're reading the book that there's words missing? I don't know. But well, I don't know. You keep going and I'll, I'll say well, so it, he cuts between the pages, right? So he takes mm-hmm. one page and he cuts it in half. And then it has a new page, which has more of the prophecy. Mm-hmm. He got um, really and, rough, though, when he was... It looked like he took like one of those like metal nail files and just like put it in there. And he just right. like being rough and here, cut it. Here, and I go, oh here, my God, this here. is supposed to be like hundreds of years old. Like, it's making me nervous. I thought he was going to like cut the whole thing. Cut like, the whole it. book up. Like, oops. Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah, I was waiting for. Know. <laughs> well, it reveals that the king returns anew at the meeting of the moon's shadowing and a million falling stars. They translate this to an eclipse with a meteor shower on the same day. Yeah. And, uh, they pull out their trusty sidekick. Like the psychic phone. phone. The phone. phone. Psychic yep. phone. <laughs> and uh, they discovered that that happens to be next Friday, which is yep. also the night of the big game. Yep. Oh, not, and what then, a coincidence. Well, well, Marco says, uh, I think it's about every thousand years. And she looks it up and look, she takes this phone from him and says, let me see that. Every It looks like it's every thousand years, which is on Friday. <laughs> And he's like, right, the night of the big game. And she's like, oh, that's the night of the big game. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, man, she's not listening to this dude at all. <laughs> Doesn't believe him. Well, the prophecy also warns of Mordred, Arthur's half-brother. Half-brother? Step-brother. That's what they said, half-brother. They said half-brother, okay. but they're step-brothers. Okay, sworn enemy tasked with destroying Arthur before he even knows himself to be king. Mm-hmm. 
So they go and they seek some hypothetical advice from dad. And mom tells her that in the past, Arthur was destroyed by the affair. And Allie tells the parents that she believes... That's exactly what's happening now. (laughs) Right. And that Will is Arthur. And that it's happening. And And the parents are like, we thought so. And they're like, wait, what? (laughs) Wait, what? Mom's totally rubbing it in. She's like, I knew it was real. And... um, (laughs) That's like... I mean, it's only real if he had, like, an evil stepbrother, but <laughs> come on. And he's <laughs> like, like... Which we do. He does. And they're like, uh, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dad's like, oh, I gotta go uh, research some things. <laughs> but we find... or This is when we learn that a sword in the hands of King Arthur becomes Excalibur. No matter Excalibur, what sword it is. Yes. Um, that was the sword that was pulled from the stone, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Excalibur, which is useful. Mm-hmm. Um, I was it's kind of like Air Force One, right? Like it's just a plane until the president's on it. Now is Air Force One, right? Um, they yep. We talk about how Marco is probably the evil dude trying to stop Will, mm-hmm. and the parents run off to do research and. Allie now connects the dot that Marcos didn't want her to tell Will about the affair because he's waiting to tell to, him later. Yeah, for the worst possible moment to completely break him down. So Miles and Allie try and come up with a game plan, and that's when Miles has a vision of Excalibur. Um, that that vision like knocks him down to the ground. So they're getting stronger, stronger. and stronger. Yeah. And that's when Allie suggests that, hey, maybe Miles is Merlin, which, come on, guys. I thought we would have already known that immediately. <laughs> yeah, obvious. Pretty obvious. And even though it's pretty obvious, Miles is still like, nah, couldn't be me. <laughs> so we jump back to school and we're taking a history test. And the teacher, Mr. Moore, notices a post-it note on Will's shoe. The bottom of his shoe. That he doesn't even know it's there. Right. And it's even, it's obvious by his facial expressions that he doesn't know what's going on. Because if you were cheating, you wouldn't just blatantly hand it to the professor, like, or to the teacher. Right. Be like, oh, this thing, this cheat sheet that's on the bottom of my shoe? How did you catch that? They try and hide it again. Oh, Jen, you're a teacher. You know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he like, like a normal situation like that, they try to kick it off again or try and hide it and be like, what? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, no, he takes it right off, hands it to him. He's like, looks like a cheat sheet. And he's like, wait, what? And so, <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, that should have tipped him off that he did not know anything about this. But then Mr. Well, Moore is like, because of your record, I'm going to go ahead and let you off with a warning. To which Marco covers, like, a cough with special treatment. <laughs> special treatment. <laughs> <laughs> um, and later, Allie confronts Marco about the cheat sheet, and he completely denies it. I have not. And so the cheat sheet ends up being a nothing burger once again. Mm-hmm. Because, no, it doesn't. Well, the, the rest of the team ends up being mad at him about cheating, which is stupid, because that had nothing to do with them. And he didn't cheat. And he didn't get caught cheating because the test had just started. But the rest of them are jerks about it. 
Yeah, he gets to practice and the team is on the field already and they all have post-it notes on different parts of their body. Like some of the the linemen have it like on their ass. Yeah. Other people have it on their feet. But it's basically it just shows that Will's lost leadership of the football team because of yeah. this cheating incident. This cheating scandal that he wasn't even a scandal, it wasn't widespread. It was one test that he didn't even have the paper in his hand for all of two seconds right it had just started so after practice Allie tries to cheer up will and tries to give him like another inspiring arthur speech but he completely cuts her off to go chase after jen mm-hmm. um which is when Allie runs into the history teacher and, and continues to spill everything she knows about everything exactly and that's when she says she thinks Arthur is Will and he agrees with her. Mm-hmm. And she asks him to protect him from Marco. She tells him about the secret page and everything. Yep. About how when they're supposed to attack, when it's all supposed to happen. And I'm like, come on, girl. Um, and Mr. Moore basically says that nothing Marco won't get in the way. Mm-hmm. And... Which sounds like a threat against a student and that teacher should probably be arrested, but whatever. Right. Um, So we're in chemistry and Miles has a vision and he yells out that Will's beaker has been tampered with. This has been tampered with. And then Uh, the teacher's like, I checked them on myself. Sit your butt back down. So then he gets all upset that he was wrong and that he's not Merlin, but then... He his reaction is the one that goes completely wrong and explodes. Yep, and they him and Allie get they are partners. They get under the desk, and then after it explodes, Marco comes up and says, "Yeah, you better keep quiet if you know what's good for you." So then that made me think immediately that he had put the hit out on Allie. But I just thought it was interesting and confusing that Miles is trying to hide his visions. Because he doesn't want to be different, but yet he essentially announces it to everyone in that class. I had a vision that one of these things was tampered with. No. But then when when it turns out that his is the one that was tampered with, he doesn't even, like, react. It's Allie, and she's like, duck! And then they have to duck to the thing. But, like, Miles is the one who supposedly saw this vision, and, like, he's not even saying anything. It's Allie. I'm like, how does Allie even know? (laughs) True. You're not wrong. I know, I was very confused. (laughs) We get to the big game, and Allie's waiting in the parking lot that night. No, before the big game, I think there was another truck. I don't know. Was there? Uh, There was more interesting music. I think there was... No, no, no. It was at the big game. She then... You're right, there's not. It's after she gets to the big game, she's waiting to tell... um, Or she's waiting to tell uh, Will about the affair and everything. I think she was just going to say, you know, like, hey, look out for your brother. He's about to take you down. But before she gets the chance to, Will walks past Lance's truck and They're sees making Jen. Out in the car. And Lance just canoodling. Again, right in the <laughs> Come open. On. Right in the open. He sees um, him. He goes back to his Jeep. It drives off. And then that's when we get the job. <laughs> he, okay. First of all, he would be driving, right? <laughs> yeah, he looked like that kind of guy. Right. Uh, uh, I didn't picture Lance as a truck guy, but... No, I didn't either. Hand me down, probably. Um, So he drives off, and Marco and Mr. Moore just watch him leave, and Allie runs after him. Like, 
he's in a jeep driving on the road and she's just car. gonna like and she's okay. gonna run um, and chase him duh, she's so fast <laughs> Jim, my bad. You're right. She is so fast in the 400 that she's going to chase the car and then she eventually catches up to him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She does. And somehow, even though she's so fast, so does a hooded figure, which at this point we're assuming is Marco. Yeah. And Marco, we or the hooded figure, pushes her down the hill. So she can't be that fast if this person was only like steps behind her. Right. <laughs> um, and she like rolls down the hill and right to Will's thinking tree. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, what happened? And she's like, Somebody pushed me down the hill. And she's like, Marco pushed me down the hill. And she's like, I think, I think you hit your head. <laughs> and he, she's like, no, 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 there's this prophecy, and your you're King Arthur. Arthur. And he's like, now I really think you hit your head. And she's like, no, trust me, you're Arthur. You're you're going to be that the lead people. Don't let this break you. I know what you saw. And it's important for you not to break your spirit. And he's like, you're right, I am like Arthur. I need to lead my team to victory. So he thinks it's a metaphor. And he says, I'm on my way. And Miles shows up. He says, take care of her. And then she's like, no, no, not, no, not like, not like Arthur. You, you are Arthur. And he, he's like running to the car. And she's like, it's not a metaphor. <laughs> and she's like, watch out for Marco. But he's like not listening anymore. I have and to lead my team to victory. <laughs> so we jump back to the game and the team is getting killed. Crushed. Back of quarterback has never taken a snap in his life. <laughs> they call for a timeout, and that's when Will shows up, and he apologizes for the team, and apparently the team was like, oh, sure, let's all get back out on the field. Um, but before we can get any plays off, they kill the lights, and this is when our eclipse and our meteor shower happens. Right on schedule um, is what they say. Right. Even though nobody had said anything about it, except for the sidekick that we Googled, but right on schedule. And lights don't go off and on that easily and that quickly. No. Big lights like that. They turn back on almost immediately and we, the game resumes as if nothing happened. Um, but then Will gets sacked straight out the gate, and one of the linemen basically says, that's what you get for not showing up. And that's when Lance comes to his defense and starts, you know, going after the linemen. Um, at halftime, Jen tries to talk to Will, and he blows her off. And in the locker room, Lance apologizes to Will and he's like, it's all my fault. We're like brothers, like the knights of the round table. And he's like, I'll break up with Jen for you. Which, like, that was a he's weird like, no, bro. thing. I'm not even in her no more. I'm in an alley. <laughs> <laughs> it took a nice little drive for me to get over it. If you're I happy, just, be happy. <laughs> right? But I thought it was weird that Lance is like, I'll break up with Jen. And it's like, wait. I thought Will and Jen were in the relationship and you are cheating behind my back. So what do you mean by break up with her? Right. But uh, what Will just, yeah, like you said, Will totally accept it. And he's like, yeah, if you're happy, I'm happy. Let's go win this game. (laughs) It's like, uh, okay. 
Um, and Will gives this pep talk to the team, and it's pretty similar. It might even be the same speech that Allie gave him in the very beginning about victory. Yep. Okay. Um, and then they're going back out on the field, and Will just, like, forgives Jen as he's walking by. Like, oh, I forgive you. I believe they <laughs> and, hug, uh, too. Yeah, they, they, oh. everything's fine. Yep. <laughs> like yep. All good. It took me about 30 minutes when I realized I wasn't into this anymore anyway, so... I'm good. And uh, he thanks Allie for her help. And then I'll see you after the game. Right? But he's like, oh, I forgot my helmet. And he runs back into the locker room, which is the stupidest shit that I've ever heard because you've got (laughs) several people that are supposed to be looking out for this kid. There's and an they equipment let manager. him go run off to himself. Like, well, and Allie and Miles are like, we can't let him out of our sight. And then <laughs> literally watch him go by himself back to the locker <laughs> And Allie asks Miles to, like, go find him, and he doesn't. And then Lance comes. He Lance shows up. He's like, it's been, like, two seconds, by the way. And he's like, where's Will? Why isn't Will on the field? Everybody's getting restless. And like, oh, basically, no. he they go? can't find this kid. He's missing. And he, Miles has a vision. And mm-hmm. it's Marco. And he has Will. And he's, like, putting him in the school theater. And the, the only reason we know it's a school theater is we've run by it a few times in our runs. Yeah. Um, so they run to the theater. And Marcos is outside of the theater and he's Marco, not Marcos. <laughs> and he's been knocked out mm-hmm. and there's no will anywhere. Right. They run into the theater and will is like knocked out on the stage and he's got this big gash on his head. And will tells Allie that Marco was trying to warn him. Mm-hmm. And it's, Allie's like, no, no, no. Marco's out to get guy. you. And Allie reminds him again, like, oh, just so you know, you're King Arthur. (laughs) And uh, the theater lights turn on to reveal Mr. Moore sitting in the audience. And he confirms to Will that everything she's saying is correct, except for she got the villain wrong. Right. It was him all along, which is why I said she shouldn't have been telling him everything the whole time anyway, but whatever. It's so annoying. (laughs) (laughs) so at this point he stands up he comes on stage he takes off his glasses and he drops his accent yep and he he's been acting the whole time uh turns out he's really the bad guy um at this point he grabs his staff and he transforms and gets like armor on but which is random marco runs in from nowhere and pushes him into the orchestra pit yeah (laughs) So he, he's out for a little while, just while we have like a little powwow about what the hell's going on and who is everybody. Yep. And that's when he comes back in armor. Yep. Um, Marco reveals that his father was in the Order of the Bear. And then when his father died, he swore to protect Will. Right. So his, like whole demeanor changes in that moment. Correct. He no longer is the jerk. He's now an ally, which is ridiculous. Well, what's even more ridiculous is doesn't that imply that his father married his Will's mother just because of this prophecy? 100%. That's weird. <laughs> that sucks. 
And then he died, like he died and then left his son in this family to carry on the protection that nobody knows is going on. But then he decided to be a complete douchebag about it so that it would throw everybody off the case. Right. Saying he needed to get Mr. Moore to trust him. <laughs> Which I, to me doesn't make sense. No. <laughs> so when he was like, I totally thought he was a douchebag this whole time. And then when he said his protector and his demeanor changes, and I was like, who knew? He said, little did you know, Jen, I was just playing a douchebag when I was really a good guy. I know. So really, though, doesn't that mean that he's the best actor out of all these people? (laughs) Well, he still has the villain face, though. So even though he's being a good guy and he's now the hero, I'm still looking at him going like, but you're still the villain, though. He said I was so far undercover that my face also looks like a bad guy. So he apologizes for the mistreatment over the years, and while they're having this heart-to-heart is when Mordred's gaining more strength, transforming into armor, and he gets up and uses magical force to throw Marco across the room. Mm-hmm. And this is where he tells us, like, he tells his villain plan, as, yeah. you know, commonly happens. And he basically was like, oh, well, if magic's not gonna, or, like, if tearing you down as a person isn't going to work, I guess I'm going to have to do it the old fashioned way. And I guess that just means kill you. <laughs> so he starts like and he like, right. He throws Allie across the room and then uh, Will tries to protect her, but he gets thrown across the room. And then it's, it's just like everyone flying. Basically everyone's getting thrown across the stage and miles gets knocked out by the staff. Like, it doesn't throw him or anything. It just, like, locks eyes with him. <laughs> and he just, like, falls over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, sh- wait. This is when Allie gets a sword, right? This is when I Allie, think like, so. I was like, what yeah. happens next? She yeah. picks up a, a prop sword. Right. And then it starts to transform. Oh, she, she pulls it from a rock. <laughs> she does and so when she pulled it from the rock i was like wait it's not supposed to release from the rock i'm confused and then will was laying on the ground because mortar was was walking up to him and she like uh-huh. healed with the fake sword in front of him and i was like give it to will it's gonna change <laughs> and then it just changed in her hand and i was like oh what twist she's our <laughs> No, I- and that I I did not I did not uh, I was ju- I'm so confused I'm still me, confused. Okay, All right, let me tell you the, the craziest thing about all of this. <laughs> this movie's an hour and a half. We are an hour and ten minutes into the movie, and that's when you find out she's Arthur. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense though. No. No. And then I was like, because my next thing was like, well, then what does she have to do with Lancelot and Guinevere? What? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> well, and this whole time I'm trying to figure out where she fits in to this King Arthur Lancelot Guinevere story. She doesn't. And, and well, when Will was Arthur, she didn't. But even then, yeah. King Arthur. But there's still no relation. Correct her. Like maybe because her and Will are you know uh, uh, interested in each other, they're like one King Arthur. I don't know. <laughs> so when that, I watched no, this no, the if, first if that, time, wait, I, the best of the reasoning. Then, uh, then you're doing a lot of have, you're having to do a lot of mental gymnastics to have to make that make yeah, sense. I don't know. I mean, but it really does make sense though because King, what, 
I don't know, this might be not correct, but wasn't King Arthur close to Merlin because Merlin was like tr- like working with him? Yeah, they're, so, they're like, they're very good friends, but I'm saying that, so, so Allie and, and, and uh, Miles make sense. Yeah. But if you want to do the mental gymnastics to make the fact that she is dating Will, therefore Will is like Arthur, therefore Lancelot and Guinevere mean something to her. That's the only thing I got. <laughs> that's the only thing I came up with. It's, it's tough. It's tough. So I thought, like, the first time I watched it, I thought maybe I'd go back and it would all make sense. Uh, when I rewatched it, it does not. It still doesn't make sense. And I'm thinking, like, maybe, like, it wasn't necessarily a set person. It was just somebody that would fit into the role. And, like, Will was being set up to be Arthur. But then when it came to the moment of time, it was actually her that was a better fit for the, for the reincarnation. Well, my, my thoughts was always that they were in the writer's room. And as they were writing it, someone was like, oh, what if Allie's Arthur? And someone was like, oh, go on, go on. And they're like, listen, listen. And then they like break it down. They're like, let's do that. And then after they watched the movie, they're like, oh, we forgot about the Lancelot thing. Well, I like when the when it trans when the um, sword transforms, and Mortar's like, it can't be a girl. I feel like that also happened in the writing room, and they yeah. decided to put that in the script. Yeah. And I was like, yes, she can. <laughs> and then one of the female writers was like, we can make this a whole like women empowerment thing. Yep. Yeah. This Add is that great. In there. Add it in there. Well. That was what they were trying to do. They did a shit job of it. But so when it turns into Excalibur, everybody gets transported to that beach that we saw in the beginning. That they can use the same scene. (laughs) (laughs) So Merlin, it's an added part to the scene. Merlin comes up over, which is Miles, in robes over this rocky hill, and he like yells out to Allie being like, hey, look out. There's people coming at you. (laughs) She had no idea. She couldn't see the gigantic horses and an armor. Nor has she dreamed about this several times over. But we get up to the point where she gets knocked off the horse again, but this time we get to see it. Yeah. And um, it's with Mortimer knocking her off with magic, basically. So now they're doing like hand not hand to hand but they're on the ground and that's when he basically like well i thought you would be the lady of the lake maybe because you're so insignificant i never thought that you could be arthur (laughs) um and then they just they start to battle Uh that's when i looked up what who the hell the lady of the lake is and basically she was just like a muse yeah from merlin which is why I thought that that woman in the in the at the party was that girl. I totally did not make that connection, even though I should have. I did not either. But um, so they're battling, and then the other knights are also on the beach battling the other guys. So Will, Lance, Marco—they're all there fighting. Yeah. And um, Allie yells to Miles, saying, "The staff belongs to you," and she's talking about Mordred's staff. Mm-hmm. So Miles does this spell and it the staff burns Mordred's hand so he drops it and then it goes flying to Miles and it changes from a dragon to a lion's head. 
Yeah, and he was. Oh, cool. Right. Well, so they're babbling. Sorry, I I thought it was interesting too because like she knows these things, and there was something earlier on though too where she was like, "I didn't even know I knew any of that." Oh yeah, yeah. So that like, was from, like she, what they eat. Yeah, and so I'm like, "How does she know that that's his staff?" Good question. And so I feel like that's kind of like related to the she knows things because she's she knows Arthurian yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's the thing all coming back to her now. <laughs> the thing that was the most interesting to me though is that um. The three of us are big uh, Harry Potter fans. Yeah. It takes time to learn how to do magic. Even uh, he who must not be named was doing basic stuff, but didn't know what he was doing when he was a kid. Uh, nope. How, how is Marco, how is not Marcos, how is uh, Miles right. such a, such a. Oh, he just knows because he's, he, he's, he's, Mer, he's Mer, Mer, well, Merlin. Merlin there's, yeah, they're basically saying that they are the same people. They're now like in Z's bodies. So <laughs> yeah, he I'm knows. sure, right? Merlin probably practiced a lot and now Miles has all the benefit of that. True, true. So I think Merlin's a noted Slytherin just to, just to say that. I think he's a noted Slytherin. Oh, I would agree, especially with his face. From my understanding was. But anyway, go on. <laughs> so they're battling with swords until he loses his sword. Uh-huh. And that's when they're transported back to the theater and the security guard is like, running down the aisle being like, you guys can't be here. Mm-hmm. And Mordred is talking to the officer and basically like, arrest Allie. She brought a weapon to school. And that's when Allie like throws Excalibur to Miles. And it turns back, back into sword. the prop in Miles's hands. So Miles hands it to the security guard and it's just plastic. And the guard's like, this, this is the weapon. And he's like, well, no, it was a real sword. And she's King Arthur. And he starts to look, or not stars, he looks insane. So the guard sees Will there. And it's just like, hey, shouldn't you be on the field? Why are you at the game? (laughs) And uh, he's like, well, you better go take that, you know, team to state. And, uh. Will runs off and Mordred tries to grab Allie one more time. Like, actually grab at her. And that's when the officer just drags him off. Wait, wait a minute, guy. You can't be grabbing kids. Get out of here. Well, and he's and the kid's gibberish, too. So I'm sure he's like, you're crazy. Right? Yeah. So Allie worries that it's just a dream. And Miles is like, not, not a dream. And Marcos kneels and says, Thank you, Your Highness. And she's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. I no. Like I I'm not used to that. But they all go back to the game. And that's when Miles has his brief interaction with uh, I'm assuming the now we're assuming the Lady of the Lake. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, they've been making eyes all movie. Moving. But mm-hmm. he kind of just blows her off, doesn't he? Yep. He, he yeah. says more than one word to her. Hi, hug, bye. I think in my notes I started to type shoots his shot and then I had to delete it because <laughs> he, he didn't do anything. But the parents are in the stands and they're just like, nothing happened. Like, how disappointing. We yeah. moved to this town for this event to happen and then nothing happened. Uh, Will ends up winning the game with a touchdown he runs in the touchdown one point victory 
which leads them to state, and they all raise Will on their shoulders. And this is the part, right? Where it's like, oh, is this is a true heroine movie. Like, he's still the one that does the winning that everyone sees. Right. Because he's a man. Right. Um, and then I think somebody even makes a comment like, don't you wish it was you up there? And she's like, nah, I'll live through him or whatever. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> well, Will gets put down on the ground and he runs past Jen and Lance, who are totally embracing. And he... He's like, what up, guys? Where's yeah. my girl? But he runs in and right as he runs towards Allie, Miles is like, quick, lip gloss, and then like backs away. And Will comes in for a kiss and he really kisses her. Yeah. Yeah. You ready? Well, yes. But, <laughs> yes, yes, I do. But Jen, on our in our throughout our podcast, we have discussed kissing and how it doesn't happen in Disney movies, and I've told Lindsay that it does. She's convinced that it doesn't, and she just saw with her own two eyes. It happened. But, and it was like a good one. It was. Like, it it, was. it again. But that is one. How many of these have we done so far? And we are now at one kiss. We're at one kiss so far. I'm, I'm going to start dragging out more movies where there's kissing. So we're at one. One. Official kiss count for the DCOM After Dark podcast is one as of Avalon High. Um, at the same time, the Lady of the Lake comes up and hugs Miles, mm-hmm. and he's super happy. Yep. He's the happiest he's been all movie. And then he goes in for a second hug. Yep. That's that's like kissing for him. It's as close as he's going to get right now. Yep. Um, Will asks if she is the reincarnation of Arthur, then who is he? Just a guy. And he's a jag. this, I really wish... <laughs> There was a better answer because I think we're all wondering that. But she yeah. replies, "My knight and shining armor." Oh my god, I just laughed so hard when she said that. <laughs> <laughs> and they like run off the field together. But I am so pissed because that was their opportunity to make some sense out of what the hell they've done with the end of this movie. Yep, they and didn't. they didn't. No. Mm-mm. And so, then uh, she's on the beach, and then there's a horse, and that's kind of it. Well, no, because we we back to the cafeteria one more time, and they all sit down to lunch together at a round table. Yeah. And Allie invites Marco to sit with them, and they're all in like their medieval attire, corresponding to who they are. So Marco's is Marco is in a like Merlin peasant looking outfit. <laughs> oh yeah, Marco. Yeah, yeah, Marco. Yeah, and then Miles. and uh, Miles is in his robes, and then. Jen is in her like lady and waiting type. Yeah. yeah. And then they all like put in their swords into the round table. And then we end with a horse running down the beach and a credit montage. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just say though that in real times that uh, Genevieve Guinevere would have been in the back, she would not have been at the round table. Just saying. Facts. Yep. It was big facts. Yep. Women empowerment, though. That's, what, that's, what <laughs> that's King Arthur, a.k.a. Allie. That's the women empowerment. <laughs> so, Jen, that was the movie. Who do you think won the movie? Who had the best role in the movie? 
Um, well, I mean, if you're going who like duped me the most, it would be Marco because I thought he was the the bad guy the whole time. And then he was like, oh, no, his demeanor changed. He's, you know, a good guy. <laughs> but uh, no, but in all, all reality here, I like, uh, I don't know. I, I liked Will and Allie. I thought Allie, even though it was some parts good, some parts not, I think for me, I think she did the, she had the, the piece with her, le- yeah, her role with her, her leadership and her inspiring speeches that she did. <laughs> I feel like Mr. Moore won the movie for me because uh, I was pretty sure he was a bad guy, but the way that Ali con- continuously told him information, he had every, he had her fooled. Yeah. So that's what I go with Mr. Moore. What about you, Lindsay? Uh, Jen, she got to date two hot guys and got away with it. <laughs> no See, now let's go to the loser of the movie. I have Jen as a loser because she's barely, she's dating two hot guys, but she's barely on screen ever. And when she is on screen, it's just so that way she could be a temptress. I have the parents because they literally moved to this town they spent their whole life waiting for this moment and they missed the whole goddamn thing. Yeah, I made a note. True. I was very sad that they had no idea that their daughter was King Arthur. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like they needed to know that they played a big role in like knowing all and being historians and everything. Yep. And, and then, then, and I, I don't even know if she ever tells them she probably should though. That'd be nice. Maybe, maybe they're coming out with an Avalon high two. Ten where years they, later, maybe. Where they know. A thousand years later. Because <laughs> it's every thousand years. <laughs> Who do you have as the loser of the movie, Jen? Honestly, okay. I was thinking the the lady in the lake who we identified. Because, like, <laughs> yes. she didn't have much time. But, like, the few times she had, she either screamed or she, like, awkwardly goes, hi. You know? Yeah, yeah. Or, like, you, does an awkward hug with Miles. I was like, oh, God. Good point. Good point. She she has very little bits parts, and she didn't even get a name in the movie. She's yeah. she didn't even get a name. No, I'd be interested to see what her credit is at the end of the movie. Who is one at life? I think I think we have to go with Greg Sulkin. He he makes all yes. the other Disney movies. Afterwards. I wasn't gonna say it just because I thought you <laughs> it would show too much bias. Yeah, no. I mean, he's done a lot of Disney movies after that. I think the the main character girl. She's been in a lot of movies like features. So that's good, but Sulkin's the person I like recognize. Yep, I've obviously even seen a show with her, and I didn't realize. <laughs> didn't yeah. yeah, I didn't know that was her either until I read what she was in. Is there anyone else that you've seen out there in other stuff, Jen? No, the one guy that I did. I mean, I realized it after I read it, but I didn't put two and two together. Is Miles is young Dexter in the Dexter series, the teenage oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dexter. So I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. I but I didn't I would not have come up with that on my own. No. <laughs> the yeah. internet helps. Yeah. Jen, did you ever figure out what the, that movie is you were, you were wondering about? Yeah, yeah. So it is um it's called First Night and it's Sean Connery, Richard Gere, and uh. Julio Ormond. Okay. So that's so Richard like, Gere would be the handsome man that you were talking he, about. He was Lancelot. Well, I think Sean Connery is pretty good looking for an Sean old gentleman Connery. with his with his accent that I'm not going to attempt because I <laughs> don't need <laughs> no that. No. 
so and then julia ormond is a famous actress too you know and she has that long long hair and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she plays one of you yeah mm-hmm. and richard Gere is lancelot and sean connery okay. is obviously king arthur so all right well this has been a blast yeah um, thanks for having me guys count. no problem jen thank you for joining us Anytime. You're a great guest. I'm glad you. Go. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I did. Come back I did. soon. Yeah, anytime. You let me know. I will be there. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Jen, you have anything? Any like social media you want to tell the people about? Uh, I'm not sure exactly what that means. <laughs> no, I don't believe so. All right, you can follow me at KG Fury. You can follow Lindsay at uh, Lynn's Lauren. Um. Make sure you give us five stars, rate and review us. We can't wait to talk to you guys again. Do you got anything else? Nope. All right. Bye. Bye.